This is Art Matters. I'm Theron Gibson. This series is produced by Art UK, the online home of the UK's public art collections. Browse hundreds of thousands of artworks on artuk.org and follow us on your social media channel of choice on the handle artuk.org, spelling out the word dot. Money. It's the little artwork you carry around in your wallet and probably never really look at. Can you remember who's on the back of the five pound note? The 10 pound? The 20 pound has a new resident, but we'll come back to that later. Let's first rewind all the way back to learn how the pound has evolved over the years. Banknotes, as we think of them, they weren't called that at the time. They began to be used in the 1600s when goldsmiths would issue receipts for gold and silver that uh, people had deposited with them for safekeeping. That's Ginny Adam, head curator of the Bank of England Museum. The Bank of England, when it was established in 1694, one of the first ways that they gave investors receipts, if you like, for their investments, their deposits at the Bank of England, was a thing that became known as a running cash note. Now, it looks very different to the way banknotes look today. It was really just a slip of paper with a handwritten inscription on it. A little bit later on, so by 1697, they were part printed and they had a little image of Britannia, who was the symbol of the bank, in the top left-hand corner. And they were part printed and the cashiers at the bank who issued the banknotes had to write in by hand details like the date they were issued, the amount they were issued for, the person they were given to. The payee was named on these early notes, a bit like we would have written on a cheque um, in times gone past, and the banknote number, so that the banknote could be checked against a register when it was submitted to the bank for payment. So these early banknotes were a kind of receipt for cash deposits at the Bank of England. And this meant that sometimes in those early days they weren't for fixed sums of money, they were for odd amounts of pounds and shillings of pence that people had deposited. It wasn't until 1743 that the Bank of England issued notes for fixed sums like £20, £50, £100. If you visit the Bank of England Museum, you can learn about the bank's vaults filled with 400,000 gold bars. These bars historically relate to the little phrase printed on each bill reading, promise to pay the bearer on demand. One of my most important jobs is to make sure that people have high-quality banknotes that they can use with confidence. That's Sarah John, Chief Cashier of the Bank of England and the owner of the signature you see printed on every banknote. Part of confidence in banknotes is the phrase, the promise to pay the bearer on demand. That's a phrase that features on all our banknotes, 5, 10, 20 and 50. Um, And it dates back to the time when you could literally bring a banknote into the bank and exchange it for its equivalent value in gold. Now, notes haven't been linked to gold for a very long time, so the nature of that promise, the promise to pay the bearer on demand, has changed over time. But when notes are withdrawn from circulation, um, if people find old notes you know, in the back of cupboards and things, they can bring them into us, and we will always pay face value on those notes, no matter how old they are. Um, Or if a note gets damaged, for example, you can send those notes in to us. We have a team that deal with what's called mutilated notes. So if you've had a a £5 note eaten by a dog, you can send it to us and we'll give you £5 in exchange for it. And it all dates back to, to when you could exchange notes for gold. The look of the Bank of England's notes was originally black writing on a white piece of paper and didn't change much until the 1920s. In 1928, the bank issued notes closer in appearance to what we're familiar with today, with color and two printed sides. 
One common thread across centuries of banknotes is the appearance of one symbolic figure. All of the Bank of England's notes feature a little image of Britannia, and in 1855, the artist Daniel MacLeese was commissioned to redesign that Britannia vignette. So MacLeese is a really well-known Victorian artist. There are lots of his paintings on Art UK. His version of Britannia is shown looking straight ahead, their hair in a very severe parting, very Victorian, very much of the era, wearing a heavy cloak with an ornate buckle. And in advance of this podcast, I had another look at MacLeese's paintings on Art UK, and you can see that he is a very definite type. Lots of his women have the same oval-faced, demure eyes, hair tied back in the same way. So I wonder if there was ever any crossover in the design process for his Britannia and some of the other things that he was working on. Technology has changed dramatically since the first notes were issued in 1694. The bank now employs a combination of traditional and modern methods to make the banknotes. Traditionally, the notes were designed by our designers and it was all drawn by hand. And then we had very specialist master engravers who would then make the plates that would um, that would go be used on the printing presses. So we still have our in-house designers who do the artwork today, but it's all now done on computer. And the, the line work that's necessary to be transferred to the plates for the engraving that goes onto the plates is also now done by computer. So there's very modern techniques used in the design of banknotes, which makes things much, much easier. But we still do use traditional plates on the printing presses to make the banknotes. They are actually metal plates that are used and there's two main print processes that are used. The first is offset lithographic print um, and that prints most of the back of the banknote so on the 20 it will print the picture of Turner, the fighting Temeraire, all that will be done in that stage of printing and on the front of the banknote it prints the picture of the Bank of England. But the second print process that we use is intaglio printing and that produces the Queen's head on the front of the banknote and the text that says Bank of England across the top. And if you take any of our banknotes and you run your finger across the Bank of England text at the top, you should feel that it's slightly raised um, and that's the intaglio printing that you can feel there. It gives it a sort of tactile feature. And those two printing processes are slightly different to might be used in a commercial printer. So the vast majority of commercial printing these days is all done digitally. Debbie Marriott, who is the Bank of England's first female banknote designer, gave me a few more details about how the engraving process works. The engraver would work maybe four times the size of the banknote, a very, very large image, and he would draw the, the portrait in an engraved style, so he would use the lines in a style that was tradition for engraving onto metal plates, and then we can scan that into the computers and adapt the image. There's 70 billion pounds worth of banknotes in circulation. New notes are printed to meet the demands of the public and to replace any worn-out bills. The £5 note wears at the quickest rate because it circulates more frequently than the higher denominations. With so much money on the move, I wondered how counterfeiting concerns have factored into banknote designs over time. The Bank of England's been issuing banknotes since it was founded in 1694, and it was only actually a few weeks after it was founded that the very first counterfeits came out. 
Um, it was very, very quick, and, and we've sort of had to spend our time trying to stay one step ahead of technology ever since. I mean, the original banknotes that were produced were just sort of a white paper with black ink, so they were actually very easy to counterfeit. And about a year after the bank was founded, we started experiment with a different type of paper, and it had marbling down the side, and it was ripped out of a ledger. So when the note was presented to the cashier, they could match it back to the ledger and check that the marbling exactly um, tied up and therefore know it was a genuine note which was great when the note was being uh, brought back to the bank but it wasn't much help to the man on the street who might be being paid with one of those things so we then introduced watermarks into the paper um, which were much harder to counterfeit and they could be easily recognized by the public and in fact our paper notes still have watermarks on them today the technology that was used to make banknotes, though, from the 1700s didn't actually change that much until World War II. So the old white fivers that were still around um, at the time of the Second World War, were they had watermarks on them, but they were largely white paper with black ink. And actually, this is something that the Nazis tried to take advantage of in World War II with something called Operation Bernhard. They used prisoners of war to make counterfeit £5 notes. They were very, very good quality counterfeit £5 notes. And the plan was actually to airdrop the fake £5 notes onto the UK and flood the country with money and destabilise the economy. And luckily, it, uh, it never came to fruition. And uh, the notes were actually found after the war. They'd never been used. But it was a bit of a wake-up call for us to really start developing the technology to make our banknotes much, much harder to print. And things really developed quite quickly from that point on. That was when things like metallic threads within the paper were started to be introduced, much more intricate designs, guilloche patterns, things that would be much harder for a counterfeiter to replicate. Another counterfeiting measure was the introduction of portraits. The Queen first appeared on a note in 1960, and historical characters appeared from the 1970s. People notice differences in faces. They, you know, perceptions of faces are very good, actually. So as an anti-counterfeiting tool, people do notice small differences, and it's actually quite a good thing to be putting on a banknote. There have been four portraits used for Queen Elizabeth II on Bank of England notes, with the first designed by illustrator Robert Austin for the one pound series C note. The second was by Reynolds Stone, who also designed the coat of arms still found on British passports. And the third was by Harry Eccleston, the first in-house artist designer for the Bank of England. Debbie Marriott tells us about the fourth. In 1990, the Series E was introduced with the new £5, and that series designed by Roger Withington. That depicts the latest engraved image of the Queen that we have, which is still on our current polymer portraits today. So it's the same image, just slightly changed the background. But that portrait was engraved by an, an engraver called Alan Dow, and it was taken from a photograph taken by Don Ford in the late 1980s. Historical figures were introduced to the backs of banknotes in 1970 with William Shakespeare serving as the first model on the £20 note. Later characters include Jane Austen, Charles Darwin, and Florence Nightingale, amongst others. A new process was introduced in 2014 to help decide which historical character to feature next. Sarah John explains. It starts with a public consultation process, so we ask people to nominate a character they would like to see on our banknotes, and we have an expert committee which is made up of both some permanent members as well as some experts in the field that the character is going to be chosen from. And so there's lots of external advice sought and they produce a short list 
that the governor then chooses from. If you're thinking of nominating someone now to appear in a banknote, there are a few rules you'll need to consider first. We don't put fictional characters on banknotes, so it has to be someone real. We don't put living characters on the banknotes other than the Queen on the front, but on the back people have to be deceased. We have to have a suitable portrait to be able to put them on the banknote, um, and they have to have made a significant contribution to UK society in whatever field is chosen. The new £20 design featuring J.M.W. Turner's portrait and an interpretation of the Fighting Temeraire was the first character to go through this new process. The Character Advisory Committee chose to celebrate the field of visual arts for the new design and received over 29,000 nominations, with nearly 600 individual artists amongst that group. The shortlist included painter William Hogarth, sculptor Barbara Hepworth, film star Charlie Chaplin, and designer Josiah Wedgwood. Turner seems to have been a really popular choice to put on the banknote, and I think that's really because arguably he's the single most influential British artist of all time. His work was absolutely transformative and his influence spanned his lifetime and actually it still endures today. I mean, he inspired the French Impressionists and as Ruskin said, he really was the father of modern art. He exhibited at the Royal Academy at the age of just 15 and became an academician at 24. He produced, you know, 550 oil paintings, 2,000 watercolours, 30,000 drawings and sketches. So he really was incredibly prolific and he's just had an amazing influence on art. The work doesn't end once a character is selected. With such a breadth of work to choose from and multiple portraits, the next task is choosing which artworks to feature. The image that we use for Turner is taken from a self-portrait that he painted when he was about 24 years old. And again, it's from an oil painting. It's actually in the Tate Britain now. It's a very grand, if you like, almost naval type of portrait. He's confronting the, the viewer straight on. He looks out directly. And we had some advice from the curators at the Tate to use this portrait, and it was agreed that this was by far the best portrait to use for, for our banknotes. Obviously, we can't reproduce the painting exactly as it is on a banknote because the banknotes have to be produced in a slightly different way. So we tried to capture the essence of the oil painting in the engraving. So the engraver looked very carefully at, at the lights and the effects of the shadows etc and the painterly effect of the oil painting on the, on the portrait and try to capture that into an engraved style that we can then use on our banknote. And in the background we have the Fighting Temeraire, again a, f a very famous painting by Turner which is in the National Gallery. It was voted in 2004 I believe the nation's favourite painting so it, it has a, a very strong connection with the public obviously as well as Turner and again we took some advice on what would be the best and most appropriate painting to use to symbolise Turner's work. Unlike the other notes in the series there's probably less information less elements on the back of the note because we have two very strong images that compete against each other on the back of the note and when we portray the fighting Temeraire obviously we can't reproduce the, the amazing colours in the painting because we also have to try and portray the, the denomination colour of the, of the banknote and for the 20 that's purple so we have to try and get across that this is predominantly a purple note and obviously trying to reproduce the fighting temeraire in purple is a, is a difficult balance. The banknote designers are so thoughtful in their approach that you could stare at a bill for minutes on end and find lots of interesting easter eggs. Debbie talks me through some of the elements that went into the new Turner note. 
There's a lot of reference to the life of the character within the design as well. So we try to research as much as we can on the character and if possible try and include elements of their life or work in other areas within the design. So as obvious as it is on the back with Turner and the Fighting Temeraire, you can see the secondary window in the bottom left hand corner on the back is based on the image from Tintin Abbey, which is a ruin in, in Wales, which is a painting that Turner had worked on in in his life, so he'd done a few paintings of Tintin Abbey. Also on the right hand side we have the main window on the back and that's loosely based, the shape of that is loosely based on the fountains of Trafalgar Square which was where the Royal Academy was at the National Gallery when Turner was, was alive. The small metallic feature at the top above the window on the back is actually based on the stairwell at the Tate Britain which is a swirly sort of spiral effect uh, staircase and it has the letter T on the back. The Bank of England not only produces little artworks, but also collects them with over 200,000 works on the Art UK website. The oil paintings in our collection tend to include subjects like uh, the, the officials, the past officials of the Bank of England. Portraits were commissioned to commemorate these individuals. But we also have a really nice collection of landscapes of London from different stages of the bank's history. The portraits were commissioned to mark the individuals who worked at the bank, but the landscapes uh, and several of the other paintings were commissioned to decorate some of the more important reception spaces. The bank is a 325-year-old institution. Our buildings on Threadneedle Street go right back to 1734, and in these beautiful Baroque spaces uh, there were artworks to adorn the, the space in suitable fashion, and that's been the basis of our collection over the years. As a lover of art, it's exciting to see an artist celebrated on a banknote. But in learning more about the design and print process, I've gained such an appreciation for the artists that make the notes as well. A lot of other banknote designers have been printmakers, artists, draftsmen. So that's what led to their work at the Bank of England in the first place. They're all very talented individuals who have specialised in the printing process. Creating a banknote is a really, it's a really fascinating process because it blends the artistry and design with creating the very technical security features. Mm. But it also, you also have to create something that can be reproduced in the millions with a tiny, tiny margin of errors. The notes are all, all but identical. So it's amazing to think of all this art that goes into creating a port, the, the money, the banknotes that we're using, they're little portable bits of art yeah. that we have in our pockets all the time. That's all for this episode. I hope to catch some of you out examining your banknotes sometime soon. If you like this episode and would like to see me do something similar with U.S. banknotes, tweet me at Farron Gibson or using hashtag ArtMattersPodcast and let me know what you think. Also, be sure to head over to ArtUK.org to see images and links related to this episode. As always, thank you for listening and please join us again next time. <laughs>